Hey, it's Kellen. Tyson here. Of course, AL. And today we have a guest on the podcast, a Psalm. That is an expert in wine. Don, all the way from South Africa. This, this, is, this is Diversified, diversified. 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 Game. 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 A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kellen. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. Tyson. When you're going against the odds, you've got to be creative, you've got to innovate, you've got to stand out. And AL. Focus more on execution and application and less on excuses. So, let the game begin. Everybody, welcome, Don. Ah, ah, ah. I, I just want to sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> what right, up, Don? Don, introduce yourself and tell us about you and your your career and being an expert in wine. Okay, hi guys. My what? name is Don. I'm Mambalu. Trying to spell that. Um, Kryptonian <laughs> from South Africa. I work in the wine industry. So basically, I studied a Bachelor of Science, which was in um, winemaking, which is a, basically a scientific degree. And okay. I've worked as a wine sommelier in South Africa, and I continue to work as a wine sommelier in South Africa. So basically, my job is to train people on wine, taste all different wines in South Africa, um, find out all the interesting wines, um, educate people on wine, and basically just have a relationship with wine. So that's um, what I do, which is, that's the uh, wine sommelier, SV French, but we do it in South Africa as well. Um, so my path is basically um, just training and educating people about wine and also sharing my wine experiences with people. Um, okay. Very interested in building a, a, a school for wine and teaching people more about wine. Um, yeah, um, South Africa is very different from other countries when it comes to wine. Um, in South Africa, wine is something that's seen as, um, let's say, like it's not uppity. It's something that's seen as like it's a it's high end. Wine is seen like a luxury. Yes. So in yeah, it's seen as a luxury. And then now in South Africa, politically or economically, you're finding more black people having more and more money. Mm-hmm. And but they're still not that. It's called new money. It's uh, it's called nouveau <laughs> in South Africa. Ooh. So you, you can afford the wine, but do you know this wine? Can you mm-hmm. actually pronounce Pinot Noir? Can you say a Viognier? All all of that. Right. So my thing is get people to be confident around drinking wine and educating people about wine and knowing that wine can't have any power over you. You know what mm. I mean. You can actually right. enjoy this drink and, and trust your palate and go with okay. that experience of enjoying wine. Okay. Hmm. I like it. I like it. So when you say trust your palate, um, I mean, I know there's so many different words and ways to describe uh, the texture, the taste, the smell, um, you know, the the viscosity, anything of that nature. Like, how is it that one would know how to trust their palate in that they're they're tasting actually what's being explained uh, to them sometimes like how do you do that so uh, with the wine thing the first thing you need to know is when you're tasting plums there's no plums in wine so it's Mm. um 
it's it's usually a chemical reaction between the grape and the wine making process. So it's, there's no plant. So already you know that. So that's why you must trust more in your own palate. Because right. even if you say, I taste a bee, no one's going to say you can't taste a bee because there's no plums or bees in wine. So it's, it's that <laughs> whole thing of trusting your palate. And, um, it helps though when you, when you're in wine to try and eat as many different foods and actually taste food and taste mm-hmm. your fruits. And then that's how you, you're able to pick up in a wine. Okay. This is more plum characters, but you won't right. know that unless you've had a plum. Right. So it's also because I think the, the the wine transcends the experience of j- just wine. So you need to actually know what you put in your body. So be excited about nature. Eat the eat the food. Um, enjoy your vegetables, but have some raw and and actually know what a carrot tastes like in its in its natural state. Same with fruit, right. and that's the relationship that you can form with wine when you eat things in, in its natural state and actually mm-hmm. really experience them then you'll taste what a wine is or okay. what flavors you should So you're saying broadening your palate of, of tasting foods and things in their natural state in general will help you better enjoy and describe wine. Yes, that's what I'm okay. saying. So it's okay. because nothing really exists in a vacuum. So wine's the same. It's the same. So you broaden hmm. your, you broaden the food that you eat every day, but just have it a bit more fresher and just explore a little bit and that's why wine okay. also goes well with food because you have to explore different foods and how they pay with different wines. And you're not going to do that if you're just going to eat food that's not fresh or right. trying out different things. But, so that, that's okay. why wine always comes in pairings. So with like keeping all that in mind, like what are the, the common misconceptions about uh, wine tasting? Like, and yeah, teaching somebody or educating somebody rather about this wine over that wine and what is the best wine to pair with the uh, the most appropriate food, dessert, that sort of thing? So I, I think the, 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 or the biggest one, well, I think we're overcoming that one, is that white wine goes with white meat and red go- wine goes with red meat. Okay. Because it's not the same as it used to be 20 or 30 or 40 years ago. The wine industry grows just like Mm-hmm. Any other industry, it's like an art industry. So how you made a Chardonnay thirty years ago is not the same way you're making a Chardonnay now. So you mm. can actually make a Chardonnay and put it in, the, in wood, and and work with it. It's a piece of art, and work oh. with it like, and you can actually have a Chardonnay with red meat, or you can have a Cabernet Sauvignon, which is mm. a with a Merlot blend, and you can have it right. with a salmon and cream and, and cream. And mm. that's more your white meat, but it's also a red wine. So the misconception is that um, white goes with white meat and red goes with red meat. It's not the same anymore. There's been a lot of exploring in the wine industry and people are making their wines differently. White wines are now made to age. Um, red wines are made for now. Um, mm, we're working wow. with and how... Okay, all I drink is Chardonnay, but I love my steak. So which Chardonnay can I find that will actually go well with the steak? Or which Pinot Noir would go well with the steak? As before, people would say, oh, no, man. A Pinot Noir would go better with a salmon or something pink. No, we're mm-hmm. not there anymore. We're finding different ways and becoming more versatile in the winemaking process. 
I think I was always there ahead of the game, you know, mixing whatever I was eating with a gallon of wine, which just shows you what type of wine drinker I started to to be, because nothing good comes in a gallon. Um, but but what what do you do for someone who starts off with maybe they have you know here in America fast food and everything, and they have a trash palate? How do you um, bring somebody and, you know, kind of recycle or transform their palate. Okay, you're very funny, eh? Because you don't say people have a trash palate. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. I, <laughs> what? So, guys, I think, just eat fresh food, my love. <laughs> <laughs> she said, just for the love of God, eat fresh food. If you at least gonna, if all you're gonna have is chicken wings, at least taste the chicken wings, and at least make sure they actually put in spices <laughs> or something. It's like that's. I think that's also why um, wine because became something that was called like a, a bourgeois bourgeoisie, mm-hmm. and I think it's also because bourgeoisie people can could always be able to afford um, to eat properly, and then mm-hmm. you found that like the lower class. Or, Class-wise, eh? Would mm. always you eat what you have, right? So you go for more for the oils, and you go for more for that. That's what you eat, right? right? So right. that's why no wine <laughs> with that, because you weren't supposed to be drinking wine anyway. <laughs> right, well, yeah, and, right. <laughs> but um, but now we live in a world now where you can grow something at the backyard. You know, I don't know how it is in America, but in South Africa, you can kind mm-hmm. of try to grow something. But it's also really about education. It kind of helps the process. It's like you should be eating better food anyway. Yeah. But I don't know what you guys eat. I think jerk chicken also goes with wine. But I think it's going to be... (laughs) But I think it would be more... You're looking more towards Bordeaux blends and your Shiraz and and your Rosebud blend and that kind of stuff. So, like, can I just throw this out there? So, one of my go-to wines is, is a, a Malbec. What would you recommend for someone who enjoys, uh, a, you know, Malbecs? Like, how how to go about pairing that, and then explaining some of the different signatures uh, that you'll find in the wine. Okay, so um, Malbec, uh, it's uh, well, it's actually a French grape from. A- uh, Bordeaux, but it's uh, mm-hmm. usually planted in Argentina. So okay. that's a grape. So a South African uh, Malbec would be very different from a French one and also one that's planted in in Argentina. So in South Africa, our Malbec, depending on region, so if you go into Stellenbosch, um, Stellenbosch mm-hmm. gets really hot. So um, it's, still, it's, well, it's still very new to South Africa, the Malbec. And so mm-hmm. Africa's in the last ten years have actually have actually planted Malbec very successfully. Um, depending on which region. So if you're looking at more for Stellenbosch Malbec, you're gonna find more your dark characters, and you're gonna find it's it's more full bodied. So that would be something that will go more with your with with your darker um, red meat. Mm-hmm. Um, your could your we call them. Hmm, like what you guys call an ostrich. ostrich yeah. I'm trying to say Maybe. game. So it would go well with like game. game. That's game the way meat. I was looking yeah, for. Yeah, game meat. Okay. Yeah, okay. so that All would right. be, 
that would be something that you will find in our, one of our wine regions, which is Stellenbosch, which is more for hotter regions. So you're getting the wines that are uh, get uh, get more full-bodied and more pronounced dark flavors. Now, if you find a Malbec and it's coming from a cooling region, you're looking more at more your red type of flavors, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're looking at one which goes from a medium body to a more heavier body. So with that kind of Malbec, you'll have something lighter, still meat, but maybe a carpaccio instead of okay. food that's that's really like intensely cooked and and heavy. Still red okay. meat, but something a bit lighter. We do we will have in South Africa we have biltong. I don't know if you guys know that, which is dried meat. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so Malbec would go depending depending on the region. Cooler regions, something a bit lighter, but within that red meat region. Okay. And maybe so, also so, your spicy, your spicy chicken and and that type of of. Okay. But if you're looking okay. at, at a very war, a, a cooler region, it's light. Okay. Fair. Fair. So I mean, because like say like a bison would probably be uh, okay, and then looking at uh, maybe a, a rarer steak or, or something like that? Yes. So you, okay. you want, yeah, because rare would go better with um, red flute, your red flavor, your lighter flavors, because it's rare. Okay. Right. You're not competing with any other um, characters, like you're not competing with the uh, spices and all of that in the meat. It's actually, it's in its natural state. So right. a rare would be much better for All right. Perfect. cooler regions, um, Malbec. Gotcha. Perfect. Uh, Look at that. I'm in that. All... I'm in the house now. Okay. I'm in the house. So I feel feel good. <laughs> so in in South Africa, we mostly eat all steaks, medium. We've got mm-hmm. a joke. So we've we've basically we eat them uh, medium, and or rare. Mm-hmm. And okay. funny enough, only black people will say they want a steak and they want it. Um, they want it well done. So in South yeah, Africa, nah. we have something. No, so not this black guy. No, oh no, oh no. Yes, that's 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 blasphemy. In, in South Africa, we've got. I don't know if you guys have had it. It's called a biltong. So biltong is actually it's dried meat, but it's really dry, right? It's not cooked okay. or anything. It's dried meat. It's almost like a charcuterie, okay. right? And okay, it's made okay. and it's, it, 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 it comes from white Afrikaans people. And they, they put all the spices, it's dried meat, they dry it, they put it in a, uh, they dry it out for weeks and it's really tasty. Yeah, so it's, it's something that's, um, you get the animal and you slice the meat, you slice, like you really slice, like almost like you're making ham, but you haven't cooked it. And then you put all the, and then you cure it. Oh, it's cured meat. And you cure it and you cure it. You put all your spices, you put all your salt and you allow it to lie. No cooking involved at all. And then it dries out. But then it keeps the flavor of the natural animal, but also all the spices. So we call it biltong. It's dry. Mm-hmm. So okay. the, the joke was actually when people in South Africa come and they want, they, they want a, f- um, um, full, not medium rare. Um, mm-hmm. They want to cook through. We go. Actually, what you really want is biltong <laughs> because no steak should be cooked that that's much. Fun, that's funny. So what you that's do with steak? Rare or medium rare? Yeah. 
So we yep. barely have meat. Uh, we always have um, medium rare or rare steaks, depending on who you are. That sounds Ooh. like me. That's me. Mm. Medium right there or medium rare. Yeah. Yep. More, more the medium guy, but rare. I, you guys got to really, you got to, we got to <laughs> do some fine, some fine dining if you want to go in the rare route. I'm not yeah. opposed to it. Not opposed. Not opposed. Not opposed. <laughs> not opposed. Uh, just very, just very, just very fine, high dining. I'm there. Yeah, we could talk Shout about it. Shout out to Mike, Michael Jordan, uh, Steakhouse, and STK as well. So, word, word up, word up, word up. Yeah. Kel, where are you at? <laughs> well, well, let's let's talk, um, Don. Um, you know, you're an expert in wine. How does a psalm make money? I'm a money person. <laughs> I know Hello, New York. Not, yes. Can you hear me? Doesn't doesn't mm-hmm. have a lot yes. of women in the industry, but can you tell the women especially how if they wanted to, you know, follow the route of becoming a wine expert, how does a wine expert make money after you get, you know, the uh certificate, the approval from the uh, governing body? Is it easy to make money, or is it always a constant grind, or do people run to you saying, "Please teach us more"? But so with us, we 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 don't have the um, male and 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 female already black and white thing within the sommelier industry. It's mostly dominated by white males, so that's changing. So you're finding. There's still very few, like I can't count five black sommeliers, but then you also can't count five white women sommeliers, if you get what I mean. Even uh, women, it's a very male dominated industry. Well, you get paid, <laughs> um, like in any other profession, it, it pays well. Um, you get hired by, it's only five star, four and a half star and five star restaurants or hotels. And you would make money from the salary because it's actually quite a respected um, position in, well, in most of the world. Um, mm-hmm. So you would make money from your salary, but also from commission. So because when you're sommelier, you're always trying to find ways to please your clients. So you work with their budget. So mm-hmm. some people, they want a particular wine, but their budget is at, let's say you guys would say $20. But some mm-hmm. people um, love that wine, but their budget is $100. So you must always find a really good wine that will complement that meal at $100 or mm-hmm. find a good wine that will complement that meal at $20. So that's how we, that's commissioned. Though. So you would make mm-hmm. a commission on that wine and people actually also tip. So in South Africa, there's a rise. Funny enough, in South Africa, the people who are now, um, sommeliers who are black actually do not even come from South Africa. They're actually from our neighboring country, which is Zimbabwe. And a lot of them, okay. and they're doing a, a quite interesting things because they're still sommeliers, but they're moving out. So they're doing exports now and importing wine and going out there, starting their own wine labels because they're refugees. Mm-hmm. So I guess when they get here, they take every opportunity, you know? So they study right. wine. So most of them actually don't drink, to be honest. They don't oh. drink, most of them. And they will, um, they'll study wine, they'll get into it and they'll be like, Oh, okay. I've been given a chance to, to do great. And then they'll, they'll start their own companies and go into judging, mm-hmm. um, boards for wine, exporting wine and just taking, um, opportunities. You don't really find a lot of, uh, black South African sommeliers. 
I just know of two. Okay. So I just want to, you know, kind of try to clear up how the the pay potentially works. So it it would be the the restaurant that would be hiring you to come in and deliver the service, and then likewise you get you can get commission on the bottles and tips as well. Okay. Um, And now, what about like? I mean, have you ever done like private hostings where someone's like, hey, I would like to have a wine tasting at my uh, my estate or my house or wherever, and I want to pay you to come and be the sommelier of the night and explain everything to my guests? In South Africa, it's not a thing. So I started doing that because no one actually does in South Africa. I think I'm a genius, Kellen. <laughs> no one... <laughs> so... Um... No one does it in South Africa, which is crazy. So then I started doing that. I'm like, invite me to your homes. Um, don't be intimate. People get intimidated and people are, this is how I discovered actually the niche. And that, this is how I became a sommelier because I wanted to find out what's missing in this industry. So the only way I'm going to find out what's missing in the industry is if I just become a sommelier instead of a winemaker. So I, I'll speak to people and, and get to know, okay, what you're thinking? How are you feeling? And then I realized a lot of people get really intimidated about not knowing wine at all. Like really intimidated. Right. So someone won't, so I could say, oh, the tannin in this wine, it's, it's much softer. And then I realized, oh, you don't understand tannin. But now you're not going to say to me, Dawn, what is a tannin? Or hmm. I could say it's full bodied, but you're not going to ask me. So you'll say yes, but you're not going to ask me, but what does full bodied mean? But the way that you you speak about the one, I was oh okay, they mean full bodied, or they mean more fruit driven, or they mean tannin. And I realized people don't want to be embarrassed around their guests because it's always because it's, it's five star um, restaurants and hotels, so people don't want to seem like they don't belong there. And then right, when nah. you go, um, I don't really understand what a tannin is. You sound like oh maybe you just got a little bit of more extra money. You just never rich. You know nothing actually. So I feel yeah. like people feel like that. So they don't ask the, the questions. And that's how I came up with the thing of like, no, I'll come to your space. You can right. ask me, any, it's your space, it's your home. It's your, this is where you're the king and the queen of your own castle, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you can ask me all the questions and I'm happy to bring all the different wine estates and explain the wine, but it's within your own comfort. So that's what I started to do. Okay. Sure. Okay. And enough, no one does it in South Africa. Look at that. Okay, you just busted, wow. busting out of the shell. And now, like, cause to me, that seems like such a simple business concept, right? Like, if if people would have this service at a at a restaurant, why why not at private dinner parties or things like that? Like, it just seems like a natural thing. Um, but that's interesting that it's not really something that's done, especially in South Africa. Um, and now, how have you found that? To be like, are people more comfortable in their own home when you do that? Like, are they asking uh, the questions like, what does full body mean? What is, you know, what is, uh, what is a, a tenon and, and all this? Like, do they actually ask those questions still, or are you, are you just explaining it more so without them having to ask? So, Karen, you guys must remember, Mr. Robert, that you guys live in New York and you guys are progressive and you're always trying to find solutions and the world's your oyster and you're going out there. So Africa's kind of <laughs> different. We're actually okay. just starting out to learn that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, I don't really give the people uh, the uh, like opportunity. So I will explain. I'm like, oh, okay, so this is what full-bodied means. 
I'll say, oh, this wine's full-bodied, and this is what I mean by full-bodied without making it look like you didn't know it before, but I'll just right. explain it anyway. I also find people are very comfortable in their own um, in their own spaces as well. It's not intimidating in your own space, but for some people, a, a restaurant which is a five-star is intimidating. Mm-hmm. Already you're looking at knives that are set up in a different way, and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, there's three knives in front of me, but I usually just use one. So which one is this one that's facing that way? Why is that one facing that way? So already the whole environment is, I find, is very intimidating for a lot of people from the hostess at mm-hmm. the door, from the way that you're treated, from being called ma'am, from um, having to pronounce French names when it comes to food and that stuff. So you're already intimidated and you're like, all I want to do right now is just drink this wine. And right. I don't want to have to pronounce your name and... Cabernet Franc and Bordeaux mm-hmm. blend and Rhone style. So, so it's that space. Then in a home space, it's your it's your castle. So in, in that mm-hmm. space, you can have conversations. You can go to the balcony. We can talk more about the wine. You can come inside. And also as a sommelier, you should be able to read people. Mm-hmm. So when you are speaking about wine, you can tell, oh, okay, I don't think this one understands this about this wine or um, you can tell from faces because you t- can tell when you're having the conversation. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. I get what you mean because I experienced this in this wine. When you're not getting any of that, it means they don't understand what you're talking about. And not necessarily because they don't understand what you're talking about because people can always describe their wines. They just right. don't know how to describe. They don't relate their they don't understanding use the, to the term. Yeah. Right. They don't have like the, the, you know, the glossary of words that are like, this is what you could use to describe that, you know, that burnt yes. that you, you actually get. Like, this is how you describe that. It, and I, I want to draw a quick reference because Kellen and I were watching a movie on, uh, on songs. And when we watched it, it, there was a guy that was going to pass his, pass his test or something and he was tasting a wine. And he, wh- Kellen, what did he say? It was like, um, fresh cut hose it tastes like fresh cut cut and he's talking about the garden hose like a garden hose and i'm like what where did this man eat fresh cut garden hose where did he (laughs) taste that before Mm -hmm. that that's his that that's part of his wine description for this like like is that something that you would ever use to describe a wine like a a fresh cut rubber garden hose is what this kind of tastes like I, I'd, I'd go for green. <laughs> I'd go for maybe fresh grass <laughs> or watery. <laughs> yeah. But some of but the descriptions are just funny. <laughs> <laughs> but then I'd also have to go back and actually smell the holes and oh, this is what you mean. That's what a. There is actually a thing in wine where it actually does smell like a hose, but we just don't say wow. it smells like a, a garden hose. Right. Come on, because we try to keep it tidy. So right, right. Um, okay. So, but it's not. I just, wanna, I just thought that description. I remember that description and going and, and Kel and I looking at each other, um, and just like, did this man just say fresh cut garden hose? Like in an appealing mm. like like it was an appealing thing um because most people mm. would hear that and then be like i don't think i want to taste that but he was and why is it, it cut why is it... Mm. yeah i just found that interesting so what is the weirdest thing that you've ever said to describe a wine no i don't say weird things to describe anything 
<laughs> <laughs> I can tell you the weirdest thing I've heard, but not <laughs> Okay. Okay. Um, let's go with that. <laughs> so um, I did a, a, a tasting and it was a Sauvignon Blanc. So I was saying, oh, this one's more pure, more fresh, more tropical fruits, but with hints of apple. And then after I did the tasting, everyone was like, this one person at the table stands up, waits for me to leave and follows me and says, I'm sorry, but I'm allergic to apples. And wow. there's apple in that one. Those kind of things. Yeah, See? you're like, there's no, no apple. <laughs> I'm like, no, honey, it's okay. But at that point, I, it wasn't like, it was kind of funny, but it wasn't mm-hmm. because then I realized, oh, like a lot of people do not know what you're saying when you're talking about wine. Right. Even though you say the flavors, mm-hmm. they sing, oh my word, I'm allergic to apples. There's no way right. you're going to give me apple my wine kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sometimes yeah, they confuse like, the, the, the flavors. Flavor. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So that was a yeah. weird one. And it happened more than once. There was one that had peachy <laughs> flavors. And, and then um, it wasn't peach. I think it was um, more your floral flavors. This person okay. says she's got okay. sinuses. She uh, suffers from sinuses. So um, flowers are not the best thing for her right now. So she can't drink the wine. <laughs> Oh, and God. then I was like, no, my love, there's no flowers in this wine. Mm-hmm. So drink it. It's just a chemical reaction when you're making the wine that actually gives you those flavors. It's kind mm. of sweet. I must be honest. And, and so now what's your least favorite flavor in a wine? What's the flavor that whenever you come across it in a wine, you're like, oh, not this one. It's always a Chardonnay for me, and because it always tastes like peat. Sorry. Mm, so, okay. And it's got that peat taste that I can't stand, and that smell. Mm. And well, I'll I'll expand. So I've never liked Chardonnay because of that. Whenever I taste the wine, that's how I always know. Like I'll pass my exams well because I know. Okay, here's a Chardonnay because I hate it. It smells like pee and whatever, and that's a Chardonnay. <laughs> And I also can't stand all that wood in a white wine. I'm like, just come on your own. Don't bring all the wood and whatever. Right. So that I realized I wasn't alone because then the uh, the New World, which is mostly Australia and New Zealand and South Africa, they're starting um, making Chardonnay. But instead of putting it in that in wood and having all that wood and that pea flavor, they're starting mm-hmm. using older barrels, and that's just to soften. So. When you're tasting the Chardonnay, you're still getting a lot of fruit and, and a lot of freshness. So wow. when I I didn't like Chardonnay because I didn't like the traditional style of Chardonnay. Gotcha. Okay. Now I know for then, me, I, I I wonder about like uh, sometimes I hear like a, a soapiness described or um or just like super super dry. Now uh, how do you how do you feel about like is, is soap a common kind of undertone of like Chardonnays too or, or how does that work? And maybe maybe my pea is your soap. So it could okay. be it's that it's yeah, it's that um usually Chardonnays will have that and also mm-hmm. more your um battery. Okay. More your battery type of flavors. Okay. Okay. And then I guess Fair soap enough. is also made from that oil, so that's why you probably pick up um, like a soapier, soap. yeah. Okay. Fair. 
see. I, I, I get in there a little bit. I get in there a little bit. I'm not, I'm definitely not at your level, but I, I want to be. And I mean, I think uh, I want to, I want to have a party with you because you, you sound like a lot of fun when it comes to your description. Come to South and, Africa. Right. Right. <laughs> that's going to be, that's the next move, Cal, right? Come on. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to round out? Um, any well, well, you know what? I want to. Well, yeah, I, I actually, I want to, I want to end. I, I want not. I don't know, end it, but I want to make sure we we put in there. Don has this vision, and this might be Don, the part of the interview that you you might you get our advice um, because mm-hmm. she wants to do an app, and we were talking about you, Don, mm. and this app, and how you know I've been pushing a website for the longest. I've known Don like probably a year now. And okay. she's like, I don't want a website. I want an app. And I'm like, okay. but something is better than nothing. And you can always build up. And it's almost the same thing. So I'm going to let the guys, because ah. this is what they're expert. They're experts in this. This is now. our experts. This is yes. all they do. And mm-hmm. give their opinion on what they think you should do. Because this is part of my building bridges um, thing of having us come to Africa, but we need to come with a business mentality and we need to partner mm-hmm. with people that are already there because we don't know everything, unlike right. most Americans think. And so we need to partner mm-hmm. with people who are already there and bring our expertise and merge your expertise and we can all have business babies and you mm-hmm. know on that way to real wealth. So I'm going to let them, and please, Don, if you have a question after they, they, they speak, yeah. you know, let it be known. But uh, right. I, I want to, yeah, get that insight. So um, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off with um, the, the leap from, uh, you know, nothing to app. I mean, a lot of people have done it, but one of my big suggestions would be to make it easy to convert. Because getting someone to a website is is far easier than downloading an app. And also, Mm -hmm. if you're new to the space of handling tech, you're going to want to feel your way around certain things. And a website will allow you some of that freedom to learn the platforms, right? Um, So I would say you should go small-scale site, you know what I mean? Um, Having your, your... your selects uh, for the month or, or picks for the month or uh, any information like that online um, and, and use the site for that to build up and see what your traffic is like, see what people are actually clamoring for, what they're paying attention to, because it's far less expensive to have a website than to go full on app and then find out that you actually don't convert that well. And now you've spent all this money on an app um, that you, you now have to figure out how to market better. Um, which is mm-hmm. an expense as well. You know what I mean? So um, I would say small scale site, which is something when I first saw you, uh, I like fell in love with the concept of you, not, you know, the everything that comes with it. But I was like, wow, she seems passionate about what she does. She loves it. She looks good doing it. I, I was like, Kel, why doesn't, you know, Don have a site? Why doesn't she have a site where I can go and I can look at uh, her picks, her descriptions of them, and and really get involved and, and figure out what I'm going to purchase. What's my next uh, bottle or case purchase going to be? Um, and he was like, I, she, I've been telling her, man. I've been telling, and I'm like, oh, I was I was almost heartbroken. And I told him, I was like, I want to build a site for her. Like, I want to I want to do that. Like, so let's figure out how we do that. But that's my kind of two cents on it. I know Al had some other thoughts. 
but I don't, I don't know if you have any questions on that or uh, what, what's held you back at all from that. I know you want to app, but like, is there, is there a reason why you haven't moved on that? Thank you for the advice very yeah. much. Yeah. So I, I decided to do a WordPress and someone's designing a landing page for me. Then no. I chose, I chose WordPress cause it's WordPress. I can write a few things yeah. too. And yeah. it's a thing that you're saying. It's not very easy to manage a website. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to have any pages to manage. And that's cause then I don't want to give, I don't want to say, I want to give you this and not, so I don't want you to get right. there. It's like, oh no, this page is down. That's down. That's down. It it, it turns mm-hmm. people off. And I also want to be um, very realistic with what I can do at this at this point. Tomorrow's another mm-hmm. day, but to, like right now at this point, so I'm doing yeah. a a white a, a landing page, and that's going to be okay. um, linked to my Instagram and just wine stories. And I'm also okay. inviting a, a lot of people in, in around Africa. Who love wine and they I want them they're not necessarily in the wine industry but I want I want them to sh- share their stories in my blog of the experience mm-hmm. of wine and why they love this wine and 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 okay. so the app was on hold because I realized an app is actually a lot of work. So <laughs> having the blog and doing the landing page and managing that yeah. with the in an Instagram page and a Facebook page and a Twitter account is mm-hmm. practice. Growing a step by step. Right. Perfect. Yeah. I think you'll, I think you'll find WordPress, um, a lot less daunting than what it may seem like at the beginning too. Um, because I, I, I will say I'm very proud to hear that, happy to hear that because man, was I on Kel about that, but, um, I'm excited to see it and I'm more excited to, to see where you end up in a month from now, two months from now, three months from now on that side of it. Um, because I feel like your reach should be so much greater not saying that you don't have great reach in south africa but it can be so much greater than just south africa um you know it starts at home but there's no reason why dawn dawn can't be worldwide and and really impact the industry on a huge level um that's my piece (laughs) that that's so kind you sound like my ancestors my ancestors always come and say that then (laughs) kellen said that and and kellen was like dawn why can't you just think international? Why couldn't mm-hmm. it? Don't you must always limit yourself to Africa. You mm-hmm. you live in an international village, so think international and do international. Yeah. That's why my site is going to be dot com. So it's like nice. just expand. You're not limited yeah. to South Africa. Which I really thought about that, so I keep telling people all the time. Kellen said to me, "I must <laughs> not think local. I must be an international. <laughs> you know, I'm star yeah. ready." Get yes, my riches. Yes, yes, <laughs> not in yes. not in money, if you know what I mean. But I must yeah. go out there. I'm international already, so yeah. Everyone yeah. knows Kellen by now, my friend. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, no, Kellen gave me that advice. Kellen's like, why must you always limit yourself to South Africa? Be international. Mm-hmm. So when people are, have their own dreams, I go, but why are you limiting? Even though I haven't acted on it, but why are you limiting yourself <laughs> to just South Africa? Go international, yes. my darling. You live in an international village, so. Yes. But you know, yes. guys, I yes. feel the same way about like African Americans. I feel like, mm-hmm. oh my word! If I was an American and I lived in America and I was earning dollars, I would be a millionaire simply by investing in South Africa because there's no country right. where you could 
just invest and you are a millionaire in like two or three years. Do you get what I mean? There's something African-Americans that they have and South Africans don't have or Africans don't have. They've got, I don't know, like people can say that you you guys, that's just stereotyping though. But you you live in space where it's like a creative space all the time. And I I was reading a lot about African-Americans and like how the invention, a lot of inventions and there's yeah. a lot of African Americans who actually invented stuff, and I'm like, and a lot of inventions in the world actually came from America, whether they, they were the colonizers of America or the African Americans, mm-hmm. but it it comes from America, and you guys have that, and I'm like, right. you don't have to invest in America. You can invest in Africa without even living in Africa. Like sure. South Africa right now, they take on so much American culture that. It's even easier to now to invest in South Africa because mm-hmm. we go, oh, Starbucks, Starbucks. Oh my God, that looks so cool. <laughs> you, you get what I mean? And we don't have those yeah. things. And then right. imagine as an African American, 10 of you get together and you open a Starbucks because I promise you, South Africa will, will be like, yeah, we finally got Starbucks because we all think we live in a reality show. Right. And wow. then, wow. yeah. So it's like you, you have this with, in South Africa already. We have we don't have much in South Africa. We're quite bored, to be promised. That's why we watch the Dacians all the time. We are so bored. And we love African Americans and we think they're the coolest thing ever. Okay. And African Americans must come here and just start a Walmart. You don't have to call it Walmart, right. you can call it something else. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But people love that that American experience. And I also think because right. It's the America was seen as the land of opportunity, but in a way, even though you guys have your own issues, you've carried that kind of dream, and then, and South Africa is the land of opportunity, but not a lot of South Africans realize that, and that's why we have a lot of um, um, foreign people. Um, We have a lot of um, people coming from Zim and all like countries where it's it's like it's not great to live there they're getting killed and all of that and they come here and they make their dreams happen you know right. it's just that we, we don't hate them <laughs> they are right, brothers right. you know because they did the same they, for us when we were in, in trouble so and then they're able to walk into this country and say oh my word there's so much opportunity so they 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 take it head on now imagine as african-americans with dollars with the support mm-hmm. in America what you would be able to do for Americans in South Africa. Because right. surely we are tired of being colonized now by Germans mm. and the Europeans. So let's rather be okay. colonized by our brothers and our sisters. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You get what I mean? That's, yeah, I, I do get what that's you prom- mean. I, that's promising. That that's good. very promising. That's very okay, promising. Let me, get my, let me get my dollars together. Right. Let me get them together. Let <laughs> Start with a thousand dollars. There's a lot of money. All right. <laughs> so now, that's fair. That's uh, fair. But that's I'll, fair enough. And I'll, I'll go back. Uh, so Migata, the, the site is coming. So that's great. And and I, Al, I remember you did say something um, regarding like jumping from web to app and or web app. And I don't know if you want to just enlighten on that really quickly. Oh uh, yeah, I can, I can speak a little. I can speak a little a little bit on it. Um, like prior to 
getting clients uh, involved on the, the web side of things um, is to first get them to understand content. And as long as he or she can uh, get comfortable and uh, connect with two major tenants, because like these two major things pretty much translate across the board, whether it's your website or whether it's uh, social media, as long as he or she can get comfortable and acclimated to creating content consistently and frequently, the mind will then allow them to adapt creating content on their website and then creating content on their website and their social media conjointly. And then from there, once there's that familiarity, it then now prepares the mind. Okay, now I can do this. I can do this quite well on social media. Maybe it's now time for me to do what I need to do on my website. And then from my website, how do I expand beyond that? And then the conversation then becomes, where is that client's budget? Uh, the, the website can get as robust as it, as it needs to be. Likewise, likewise the, uh, the app. And when you're looking at apps, you're looking at a, a couple of different uh, variations. Um, you're, looking at, you're looking at web apps. Um, you're looking at variations of native apps. And uh, one platform that I recommend, and I, I just got re-familiarized with it a couple of days ago, um, there's this um, platform called Mag Plus, which allows people mm -hmm. to have the feel of an app, an application, but it allows the content creator to give the viewer the feel of um, a magazine or interactive magazine. So I'm like, I'm listening to you and like your, your knowledge and your expertise. Um, something like a, a Mag Plus platform would be phenomenal for someone like yourself and like giving that experience um, to people that are interested in wine or learning more about wine or what they can do with wine, that sort of thing. Nice, nice. And I and I just sent that to you, Don. So you have Mag Plus in your in your WhatsApp, whatnot, because I could see a um and that's why I always bother you. I can see a, you know, drink wine, stay fit and fabulous. You know, and people would believe it. Yeah. But um <laughs> but, but but yeah, no, because no, I, I I've noticed something about the people who drink wine, they look better than people who drink beer. They look yeah. better than, you know, um, you know. That is true. Yeah, I'll give that. I'll give that. But, yeah, yeah so I I guess that would be a good good wrap point right now. And um, okay. we'll, we'll tie up there. And Don, uh, definitely want to thank you for coming on and sharing your knowledge, giving some insight into not just wine, but into South Africa. Um, and I can't wait to see you go international and, uh, hopefully we're a part of it. So thank you so much. Thank you guys. And what do you mean? Hopefully you are a part of it already. You've already signed the contract, you know? Um, thank you so much guys. I really appreciate all the advice. I'm actually really, um, not just going to think about it, but actually put it into action. So like, really, thank you very much. All right. And you'll see my work and I'll see Beautiful. yours. And then in South Africa we go, I would say, Aya Bulela Omvulani, which is my clan name. So Omvulani is me, you never, Omvulani is my, uh, clan name, which is where my heritage comes from. Okay. And it means rain. So rain means blessings. So when I say Aya Bulela Omvulani, I'm like, they are grateful because they send angels all the time and you guys were the angels today. So Aww. thank you very much. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone. So I think this is a good place to stop our dialogue for this episode and allow you, the listeners, to join the conversation and keep the dialogue going with us online. You can do so by visiting our social media at Facebook, Diversified Game Podcast, on Instagram and Twitter, Game Diversified, online, diversifiedgame.com. In your life with the people around you and or join our Patreon and get some nice perks for being involved. If you found a nugget and are like today's episode, you might as well leave a review. And if you leave a review, you might as well share it. If you share it, you might as well subscribe. And as always, thanks for your support. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, Tyson, and AL. The number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit diversifiedgame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.